If you want to revel in the wonder of the natural world while still asking tough questions about our place in that world, I'd like to tell you about another podcast you might enjoy. It's called Outside In. Hosted by Sam Evans-Brown, Outside In tackles a broad range of subjects, from the environmental movement's troubling links to the eugenics movement, to the fraught history between hydropower development and indigenous rights in Canada. Outside In tries to capture the joy that attracts so many of us to the outdoors in the first place. The show has taken listeners under the ice of frozen lakes, to peat bogs in the Arctic, and up close to patches of moss in your own backyard. Outside In features deeply investigated stories and the deliberately goofy. Outside In makes you think and makes you laugh. You can find Outside In in your favorite podcast app and at outsideinradio.org. Hi, I'm Willow Belden, and you're listening to Out There, the podcast that explores big questions through intimate stories outdoors. Before we get started today, just a quick reminder that we are currently accepting applications for our spring internship. If you're just getting started in the audio field, this is a great opportunity to work on developing your editorial and production skills. You'll even have the option to produce a story of your own for the podcast. Applications are due December 10th, and you can find all the details at our website, outtherepodcast.com. Just click on our blog. Twenty twenty has been rough, and a lot of us are carrying heavy loads at the moment. It's as if every day was a backcountry through hike. It's been hard for everyone, but the burdens we shoulder are not equal. Intersectionality is a term that describes the multiple layered ways in which weight is added to your pack. That weight is added through assumptions or limits that are imposed based on things like race, religion, age, or sex. It's about discrimination. Intersections can also be places and moments where we meet each other. Opportunities. But sometimes those opportunities are botched. Sometimes unwittingly, sometimes not. On this episode... Barbara Jensen invites us to think about how we approach these brief exchanges by sharing their story as a gender-neutral hiker. Hi. Hey. Hello. Along the narrow mountain trail, we huff these greetings as we pass each other. One hiker heads up into the wilderness. One continues down. It's a common exchange. Sometimes we give a minimal wave instead, or a quick nod. The greeting that lets you know, I see you. Carry on. I'm safe. No threat. We wish each other well in these simple ways. (laughs) 
Usually, I like these short greetings. But sometimes, my brief encounters with strangers on a trail don't feel all that safe. Sometimes, they make me churn with anger, or fear, or both. I'm a nonconformist, gender neutral, or better yet, maybe gender inclusive. Because while I know myself to be a man, the world sees me as a woman, sees the outer body I was born into, and not the inner person. I'm a man living in a woman's body. I've made peace, mostly, with the fact that both of my realities are true. I feel protective of this small body I'm in, this little friend that tries so hard to keep up with my big adventures and grand ambitions. But it gets old being expected to behave like a woman. Or like society wants women to behave. Those behaviors don't make sense to me because I'm not a woman. One day, as I'm out hiking in the Pecos Wilderness in New Mexico, I come across a middle-aged man and his wife, wedding bands catching the sunshine, out walking their fluffy dog. No backpacks, no water, white sneakers gleaming brightly on the dirt path. They fill the path, the man, woman, and tiny dog, all marching downhill toward me, clearly unaware of any trail right-of-way. I step wide, trying to continue my uphill trek while they pass. I've given the friendly nod. Gravity tugs at my full backpack, my foam sleeping pad extending horizontally like a linebacker's shoulders. But then the man asks, Hey, which lake you staying at? I stop momentarily, awkwardly half-turning on the steep, narrow trail, so I can see that, indeed, this man is asking me where I will be sleeping tonight. The question feels invasive, but it's more complicated than that. Since I appear to be a woman, I'm expected to be nice, be friendly, and stop to chat. Even though I am obviously alone, I'm supposed to smile and answer this question, no matter how uncomfortable it feels. Yet, having camped alone in this female body on many occasions, I know it's not always wise to broadcast where I will be sleeping. I've had to pack up my camp and leave when my trail neighbors have made gross propositions. If I were to respond as simply a man, I could easily say, I'm headed to Lake Catherine. But the man I am is offended. This stranger is asking 
the female-bodied person I love, this person who is also me, to tell the whole trail where they can find her tonight. I want to take him aside and say, Hey there, buddy, I think you're making her nervous. But instead, I just raise my eyebrows, wave to them, and turn back to the trail. Well, that was odd, I hear him tell the missus. I've never understood people who come to the mountains to socialize, as if we've all been invited to a backyard barbecue. I go to the wilderness to recharge in the silence, listening to birds singing and streams trickling and the wind through the trees. I go to get away from all those societal pressures to be who people expect me to be. I don't understand why I can't just wave to you and have that be enough. Later on, two men, one probably mid-fifties, the other at least a decade older, hike toward me. They're engaged in a loud conversation about a bathroom remodel, so I easily hear them coming. Before they round the bend, I park myself at a wide spot to allow them to pass. The man in his fifties is carrying a tree trunk, like an actual tree trunk. What is this? Tent pole? All in one firewood? I have no idea. Leave no trace doesn't mean take the trees with you. As he passes by where I stand, waiting, his voice booms, Thank you, ma'am. The emphasis on ma'am catches my attention. I wish I could say it's an unusual greeting, given my unisex hiking wear, short salt-and-pepper hair, and generally androgynous vibe. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, as if he's trying to be super polite. But it's happened enough. I know this is an opening shot, often followed by some derogatory comment about lesbians. I already feel the hairs on the back of my neck standing up. Just pass me already. Oh, passing... I was always an outdoorsy, athletic kid. Growing up in the 1970s, I was labeled a tomboy. I dabbled in cross-dressing at an early age by wearing nothing but my brother's hand-me-downs. It wouldn't be cross-dressing if I was just recognized and acknowledged as the little brother. But I wasn't, of course. Not back then. I was an angry kid. I wore my fiery hair cut short and my fiery heart on my sleeve. I got into fist fights on the playground over the usual nonsense, 
A boy stole my hat. A boy picked on a girl. I only fought other boys, only for what I perceived to be honor. And I never lost. Except for twice. There were two times in grade school when I was kicked out of the girls' bathroom. I had to go to the bathroom, and I knew I wouldn't be allowed to use the boys' toilets. So I went into the girls' restroom. But there were some older girls in there, and they thought I was a boy. They told me to get out. It felt humiliating, and my anger flared. Through gritted teeth, I forced myself to say, I'm not a boy. I'm a girl. Even though I knew it wasn't true. I hung my head, cheeks burning, ashamed of myself, for lying. I was a kid with a strong moral code, and lying hurt. In second grade, I decided to try to be honest, come clean, tell the truth, come out. Pulling my best friend aside on the playground, I told her I had something important to share. I took a deep breath. My parents made a mistake, I told her. I was supposed to be a boy. I'm supposed to be in a boy body. I waited to see how she would respond. You're so crazy, she laughed. Come on. And she ran to play on the swings. I followed after her, dismayed and brokenhearted. I knew I was a boy, and I knew no one could really see it. My true identity was hidden, forever running around the playground in a costume of flesh and bone, while other kids wore superhero capes and rainbow t-shirts that they could take off at will. I couldn't understand why this had happened to me. Hey, it's Willow. We'll hear the rest of Barbara's story in a moment. But first, if you like to hike and you are female-bodied, consider getting yourself a Kula cloth. The Kula cloth is a high-tech pee cloth for those of us who squat when we pee. If you've never used a pee cloth, you might be thinking it sounds a little gross. I can assure you it is not gross. Kula cloths are made with antimicrobial material, and they have a waterproof backing, so you don't get your fingers wet when you wipe. Just use the Kula in lieu of toilet paper, at least for number one, and hang it on your pack to dry. Kula cloth is one of our sponsors, and they have a special deal just for out there listeners. You can get 15% off your order at kulacloth.com when you use the promo code OUTTHERE2. That's K-U-L-A cloth.com, promo code OUTTHERE2. 
Support for Out There also comes from BetterHelp. This year has been stressful in so many ways. If you're finding yourself grappling with a lot of big feelings and everything seems too much, maybe it's time to get some help. BetterHelp provides professional online counseling to clients all over the world. They have specialists in all sorts of areas, from depression and anxiety, to family issues, to LGBTQ matters. When you sign up, they'll ask you a series of questions to match you with a therapist who can meet your specific needs. You can meet with your therapist via video chat, phone, even text. Don't let things spiral out of control. Take charge of your mental health and do something that's good for you. For 10% off your first month of counseling, go to betterhelp.com slash out there. That's betterhelp.com slash out there. And now back to Barbara's story. As I got older, I tried to play my part, be one of the girls. I flirted with all the boys I wanted to be. Rough, rowdy, smart, the ones who fit in with the other guys. But I was never feminine enough to keep their attention. Somehow, I just wasn't their kind of girl. But being their kind of girl was the only acceptable path offered to me as I approached adulthood. Coming from a conservative home, the messaging I received was to find a man and settle down. I didn't yet know that the world is full of people who stand at every point along the gender continuum. So, in desperation, I walled off my inner male self and found a man who wouldn't look too deeply or ask too many questions. We got married young. It quickly failed. I married three times, and three times I bailed out. I blamed them for affairs, for lies. But the one who was truly playing false was me. And the older I got, the more I realized it. It's human nature to make judgments. We trust our first impressions. We try to predict each other. I do it too, much as I try to keep an open mind. But these judgments are also problematic because they're often based on very limited roles that society offers you. And a lot of us don't fit into those limited roles. Crossroads aren't always starkly defined, a big clear X before you. I started down my authentic road very gradually. My wardrobe shifted back toward men's jeans and motorcycle boots. I cut my long hair. And then I quit any semblance of following the girl rules. I'd always spoken up and spoken out. Now I would add, 
You wouldn't tell me to change my tone if I was a man. No one ever contradicted that statement. The final step came when I took a new job. I was representing my agency at a meeting with the local Transgender Resource Center. I listened intently as each person introduced themselves, their agency, and what pronouns they used. I had seen preferred pronouns on people's email signatures, but I'd never been in a face-to-face meeting where we made such an announcement. Going around the seated circle, suddenly it was my turn. I said my name and my agency, and then I said, I, uh, I come from a time when we didn't really have a choice about pronouns, so thank you for this. I prefer they and them. And just like that, after years of shifting gears, I was back. Within that safe circle, I reclaimed my right to be myself, a man living in a woman's body. I felt relieved and proud of myself. I was 53 years old. It's been rare that I talk about this aspect of myself at all. I'm still finding my way, because I think it's important to figure out how to navigate the world with authenticity. But not everyone is safe. I'd really prefer to do this without getting beaten up for it. There's a lot of hate out there. Today, as I walk along a level section of trail, lost in thought, I pass two young women in short shorts, followed by a man in his thirties. As the women pass, they say nothing, and neither do I. As the man passes me, He asks, in a suave voice, Hey, how's it going? I just nod. From behind me, I hear him say, Oh, guess I'll take that as a good. Come on, man. Why the game? What did I do to you? Are my shorts not short enough? Maybe... In a different year, I would have the presence of mind to use this as a teaching moment. But in the onslaught that is 2020, I feel the old anger rising. I want to holler out, I do not owe you an answer to your question, sir. I don't owe the couple walking their dog a map to my campsite. I am not required to fit Mr. Mam's specifications of how feminine a female I should appear to be. You know, for decades, decades, I have put up with a particular brand of male chauvinism on the trail. 
one that feels entitled to interaction and demands that I speak when spoken to. Even if it's unintended, what may seem like casual comments come with expectations of response and behavior. I'm supposed to pass on the trail as if through a door held open for me, like a good girl. I am still unseen within my costume. Not only am I never recognized for the man I am, I'm then also disrespected as the woman I appear to be. But now, as we all face a deadly pandemic, nationwide unemployment that rivals the Great Depression, an economy on a thread, prolonged social isolation, wildfires burning out of control, and federal troops deployed against protests over racial injustice, I am out of patience. I did not load up this full backpack and enter the wilderness to chit-chat, flirt, or appease your ego. I came to hike. In the wilderness. Alone. Intentionally. In this difficult time, we have no idea who the person in front of us may be or what they're going through. What if they're out here because they just lost their job or their home and have no idea what comes next? What if they lost a loved one to COVID and they're heartbroken? What if it was their partner of a lifetime? Their parent? Their child? They might be, like all of us, emotionally exhausted, just wanting to breathe in the quiet under mountain stars for just one night. We are all hiking in the wilderness right now, together. And we're at a crossroads. A lot of what's been coming out of our fellow hikers' mouths has been toxic for far too long. We need a new trail etiquette. A trail etiquette that involves speaking less and listening more. A trail etiquette focused on respect, decency, and an understanding that the strangers we see often have complex stories. Stories they are not obligated to share with us. What if we go back to the basics of wilderness greetings? A friendly nod. A wave. A simple hello. A greeting that says all that's needed. I see you, and I wish you well. 
a greeting offered with plenty of space for whoever we are. That was Barbara Jensen. They are a writer and artist who likes to go off-grid and, of course, hike. You can find more of Barbara's work on National Parks Traveler and at wanderinglightning.com. Special thanks to Anne-Margaret Warner for sound design on this story. In case you missed our bonus episode on Giving Tuesday, I wanted to let you know that we're raising money this week. One of our goals at Out There is to make the concept of the outdoors more inclusive. We want nature to be a place where anyone can feel welcome. To that end, we are donating 20% of the money we raise this week to a nonprofit called Wild Diversity. Wild Diversity is working to make the outdoors safe and welcoming for the BIPOC and LGBTQ communities. The rest of the money we raise this week will go toward paying our staff and future interns better. They deserve so much more than what we can pay right now. It's all well and good for a podcast to be a labor of love, but when a project is a labor of love, it excludes a lot of people from participating. If you can't pay competitive wages, then not everyone can afford to come on board, no matter how valuable the experience they gain. So I'm coming to you now with a request. Help us pay our team what they deserve. They work so hard to make this show a reality. If you're already supporting out there on Patreon, thank you. Your support means the world to me. If you're able to make an additional gift this week, you'll be doing even more to bring about fairness in the workplace and in nature. If you've never made a gift to Out There, consider making one now. We welcome contributions in any amount. No gift is too small. You can make a contribution on Venmo, we're at outthere-podcast, or by credit card or PayPal. We have links to all of those things in the show notes. And if you'd rather mail us a check, you can find our mailing address at our website, outtherepodcast.com. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode. Our strategic advisor is Alex Eggerking. Our advertising manager is Jessica Taylor. Sheba Joseph is our audience growth director. Our interns are Kara Schaefer and Margaret Warner and Stephanie Maltrich. Our ambassadors are Tiffany Duong, Stacia Bennett, and Ashley White. And our theme music was written by Jared Arnold. We'll see you next week. <laughs>